1 Thessalonians 1, verses 1 to 10. Paul, Silas, and Timothy to the church of the Thessalonians and God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Grace and peace to you. We always thank God for all of you, mentioning you in our prayers. We continually remember before our God and Father your work produced by faith, your labor prompted by love, and your endurance inspired by hope in our Lord Jesus Christ. For we know, brothers loved by God, that he has chosen you, because our gospel came to you not simply with words, but also with power, with the Holy Spirit, and with deep conviction. You know how we lived among you for your sake. You became imitators of us and of the Lord. In spite of severe suffering, you welcomed the message with the joy given by the Holy Spirit. And so you became a model to all the believers in Macedonia and Achaia. The Lord's message rang out from you not only in Macedonia and Achaia. Your faith in God has become known everywhere. Therefore, we do not need to say anything about it, for they themselves report what kind of reception you gave us. They tell how you turn to God from idols to serve the living and true God and to wait for his son from heaven, whom he raised from the dead, Jesus, who rescues us from the coming wrath. Thank you, Carol. Good morning, everyone. Good to see you today. I want to start by asking you what you think you're known for. What's your reputation? When someone says your name, what does someone think about you? Uh, I was reminded about what it was like, our reputation when we were growing up. My brother sent me this picture, and uh, this was when we were growing up, and the brunette boys, there was one girl there, uh, we, were no, we were known as the terrorists of the neighborhood. And it wasn't because we were that destructive, or it's just that I think we aggravated a lot of people because we, we kind of ran around in a pack. Okay, and uh, if if you had a yard that uh, that that had flowers and you took a lot of pride in it, and once in a while they'd get knocked down by a ball or whatever, uh, we'd cut through yards with our bikes. But uh, that's what we were kind of known for at that time. Well, hopefully that reputation has changed because the picture you're looking at, there's three pastors uh, in that picture now. <laughs> My sister married a pastor. It, it goes on and on. Okay, but hopefully uh, when Someone knows you that you, they know that you are a believer in Jesus. They know that you hold to the truth of what of God's love in, in His Son Jesus. You know, it reminds us of of our Bible reading for today. Paul's letter to the Thessalonians, the first letter here, talks about their reputation. It says that they had welcomed the message of Jesus with joy. And as a result, not only did they become a model to all the other believers, but it says that their faith rang out. It rang out to every Everyone knew about the Thessalonians. Now, part of that was because of where they were located. Thessaloniki is the way they say it now, uh, is on the Mediterranean Sea. It's the capital of Macedonia. Okay, and it was it was on the what was called the Ignatian Way. It was the major trade route between the East and the West. And so there were so many people that came in and out of Thessaloniki. It's over a million people even today. Well, I was thinking about where we live, you know, often called the crossroads of America. Now that dot up there, that looks like it's more close to Gary, Indiana than it is Indiana, uh, Indianapolis. But anyway, we are right there too, aren't we? And what are we known for? 
Well, we need to be more known for more than just having a, 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 an Ikea store that's close to us now, <laughs> right? Or having the city with the most roundabouts. <laughs> we, as people come through this central part of the United States, as we are at the crossroads of America, hopefully we're known for our faith, which rings out in the way that we talk, in the way that we live. The question for us then today is, how can that happen? How can we be more effective? You know, we're talking about our mission statement here at Cornerstone. And uh, say it with me again. What's our mission? Our mission is to reach out, care for, and build people toward maturity in Christ. And we've been approaching it the first week. We started at the end of it. What it means to be build, building up toward maturity. It means to be more like Jesus. That we are in this process that we keep pressing on. We never arrive. We keep going forward and becoming more and more like Christ and His love. Last week, Pastor Dan talked about how we are people who care. And it all starts with Jesus Christ and His care for us. And as God cares for you, then it overflows in the way that we care for others. The, the way that we pray with and for other people. Well, today we get to the reach out part, that we are not living just for ourselves, but God has called us to be in mission, that God has called us to be the ones who ring out the message. How do we do it? Well, first of all, the, one of the clues that I find in this passage is what the Thessalonians did. It says that they welcome the message. Welcome. See the welcome mat there? Is the welcome mat of your life out for the Lord in His way in your life? Who's in control of your life? You know, there's two questions, I think, if we're going to welcome Jesus with enthusiasm, with fervency. If we're going to have that welcome mat out, we need to ask ourselves two questions. First of all, whose am I? Whose are you? The Lord who made you, and then the Lord who remade you in your baptism in Jesus. You don't belong to yourself. You aren't in control of your own life. Jesus Christ has purchased you and won you from Satan's sin and the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, Luther says in his explanation, but with his holy precious blood and his innocent suffering and death. And as a result, that I may be his own. That's so critical, that you know whose you are, that you belong to Jesus Christ. And if you can answer that question, then it goes to the next question. Not only whose am I, but then who am I? That because you have a relationship with the one who made you and remade you in Christ, that you are unique, that you are God's workmanship. You belong to Him. And as a result, the priorities of God become your priority. And look at this passage. For we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works. God has given you a purpose that is beyond yourself. You are not just floating through life. God has a purpose for you to use you, not just in a selfish way, but for you to care and to reach out to other people. And when you answer whose you are and who you are, you've got the welcome mat out. Uh, one of the, 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 the most common prayers that we Lutherans know is called the common table prayer. And what are the first words of the common table prayer? Say it with me. Come, Lord Jesus, right? And, and that's what we ask every day. Come, Lord Jesus. Be in control of my life. 
you are the one that is my Lord and my Savior. And once we welcome that message, then it makes all the difference in the world. And another thing about the Thessalonians is not only did they have the welcome mat out, but they did it with joy. It says they welcomed the message with joy. I have to ask myself, though, do you think when you hear the word Christian, is it synonymous with joy? Or are we a lot like Eeyore here, looking at our tails with a frown, with a, with, with, with a loss kind of look about us? Where's the joy? And I don't know about you, but some days that I don't feel very joyful. And the pressures of schedule, the pressures of life, the, you don't feel good, it can go up. All There's just so many reasons, and I'm afraid that the message that we give to the world is not a message of joy. In fact, a lot of times the world sees you as being someone who is very stern, very serious. They see Christians as all they are is judgmental. You better be like me. That's the message sometimes people think that that's what we give with our faces. And in order for our faith to ring out, in order for us to become known, God has to transform us, I believe, to be people of joy. This hit home to me when I read in a pastor journal about a, a story of a woman who was checking out her groceries at a supermarket, and she was taking out her groceries and putting them on the conveyor belt to, to, to check out, and she noticed the man behind her was very well-dressed, okay? And, uh, and remember, this is only for pastors. And he was very well-dressed, and he had a very stern look about him, serious, stern. And she put some more groceries on and looked back at him, and he still looked that way, very stern. That's when she turned around and asked the man behind her, said, are you a pastor? <laughs> and the guy thought for a minute, he says, no, I'm not a pastor, but I have been sick the last couple of days, okay? You know, so what, what is portrayed in your life? Where's the joy? And I'm afraid that in the church we've got more worship services than we have joy. Sometimes we've got more We've got more prayer than we have joy. You know, we, we, we joy. And of all the people in all the world that are privileged to experience joy, it's us as Christians. I don't know about you, but all this stuff that's going on in our society right now, just it seems like everywhere you turn, there's controversy, there's division, there's segregation, there's people who are upset, it doesn't matter what people say they're going to find something wrong with it and it goes on and on and on and it just seems like the joy is being sapped out of our world and it can happen for you and me too and life gets so heavy and yet when you know who's in control and when you know where the world is headed when you know that in Jesus Christ that God's going to make all things good according to his word and his will that you can trust him and that you don't have to be pulled down by all this muck and mire of the world. And what does it do? It, we look to the future with confidence. And it gives us a joy that the world will never be able to give us. And so of all the people in the world, we are the ones to express joy. And what happens? It says in our text that as a result of that, for the, for the Thessalonians, that joy was evident. And it rang out. You know, when you look at the list of 
things that happen as a result of God's dwelling in your heart and life. We call it the fruits of the Holy Spirit. And if you look at that list of nine things, the first thing that is mentioned is love. Anyone know what the second thing is? It's joy. And joy is the is why the message rang out from the Thessalonians. And when you look at that, uh, they bought in to that joy and they became part of God's staff, so to speak. They became part of God's mission team. They bought in to the same message and ministry that Jesus did. And remember, Jesus said he came to seek and to save the lost. And that became the purpose then of the early church. And God blessed that church. The Holy Spirit says added to their number and they grew every day. And that's still the purpose of our church, that we ring that message out. And it says that the message rang out from you, not only in Macedonia, that's the northern part of Greece, but also in Achaia, the the southern part. And it says your faith in God has become known everywhere. It seems as though when you look at this, that their faith rang out in a natural way. The believers there in Thessaloniki, they didn't need a new program. They didn't need uh, to memorize uh, an outline with Bible passage so so that they could could share their faith. It just, just happened in their lifestyle. It just rang out from them in the way that they talked, in the way that they lived, in the way that they trusted God and their joyful outlook on the future. The message rang out as they treated people with respect and dignity. They were not called to point out the mistakes and the failings of those people around them. That was not their ministry, their mission. They didn't, Scripture tells us that they didn't knock on doors, hitting people over the head with the gospel and arguing them into the Christian faith. It just says that the message rang out. It was freely from their life. Friends, I am so thankful that the message of Christ is ringing out from you. And I see it on a regular basis. I see it in your marriages. You know, the, it's amazing how people can stay married all these years, isn't it? That we can put up with one another, that we can bear with one another. That's God's grace, isn't it? And as God is committed to us, it means that now we can be committed to each other. That grace then, it it happens the way that I see you parents raising your children, that you're able to set godly boundaries, that you discipline not because you don't like your children, but because you love them, and and, and you, you remind them that it's all about love. Children, I see God's grace ringing out from you as you honor your father and mother, that you obey them, that you listen to them, that you don't buck them at every turn, because they are God's representatives in your life. I see the the grace of God ringing out as you expand into your friendships, and you are the ones with your co-workers, you're the ones that speak words of of encouragement. You're the ones that build people up. You're the ones that people want to be around because you are an instrument of God's love and grace and joy. And when you are out and about, you are the ones who are courteous and kind, And friends, I don't know about you, but uh, I see that all the time now here in Carmel in this construction season. Uh, You know, the east side here is is taking our turn now of being the rough spot in Carmel. 
and first it was at Smoky Row and Gray, now it's 126th and, and, and Gray. But because of that, Main Street has become a major east-west thoroughfare. And in the mornings at certain times and at night at certain times, the traffic is backed up all the way from Keystone to River Road, and it's just solid. And when I pull out of my, my uh, neighborhood to, to come here to church, I depend on you to be courteous. <laughs> I, I, I have to depend on somebody to let me in. And sure enough, every single day somebody does that. But you're the kind of people that do that. Why? Because of God's grace, the joy that you have in your heart. And it's ringing out in the way that you love and you treat and you reach out to other people. We've got some video testimonies of three of our disciples here that I want you to watch. And notice how the grace of God is ringing out in their lives. I'm Ann Solzak. I'm married to Tim Solzak. And together we have Freddie, who's 20 months. We've lived in Fountain Square neighborhood for over four years and have been engaged with the downtown ministry from the beginning. My name is Julia Katner. I've been a member of Cornerstone Lutheran Church for 22 years. April of 2016, I was diagnosed with stomach cancer. Hi, my name is Brad Ray. Uh, my wife Holly and I, who's on staff, have been disciples at Cornerstone Lutheran Church since 2000. Uh, we have two daughters, Sophie and Molly. I was able to share my faith in my uh, days of uh, day of surgery and the two weeks that followed that time. I shared it with nurses, I shared it with my anesthesiologist. As Christians, we're always serving a role of disciples of God's Word, and it became really personal for myself and my husband um, in the last few years when we began the downtown ministry. The first gatherings actually were at our home. Um, we were moved to open our doors to the small group that we were at that point. You know, it's in, it's in Matthew 28, 19, where Jesus calls us to, um, to go and make disciples of all nations. And I think it's that that joy that I have in my heart has led me to, um, to go on numerous international mission trips through CALMS. And so over the last three years, I've actually gone twice to Guatemala and most recently to Nicaragua. I was God-filled by women's Bible study group that I was once in, my husband. They instilled in me, keep up the good fight. You can do it with the grace of God. And that walk with God, it just, it's been so joyful, so rewarding. And I can now proclaim God, which I didn't once do, out in public, whether it be a cashier, a clerk, a waitress, whatever. So about two years ago, I felt uh, a calling to get involved with Eskenazi Hospital. They have a No One Dies Alone program where volunteers sit in 24-hour vigils with dying patients who don't have friends and families. Um, but for God to open up um, our hearts into three hours of their life, it's, uh, it's a true testament of the joy that I think the Holy Spirit works within us and calls us into action. I've been participating in the Downtown Women's Bible Study for about three years now. On Tuesdays at lunchtime, a group of women meet together at Pairings Cafe, and as a part of our gathering in that space, which is a public space, we're witnessing to them and taking that time out of our day to sit together, to pray together, to discuss God's Word together. And I think through that too, I have gained a better understanding of the Bible and God's Word and how to use it to witness to others. Through this ordeal, I, I kept getting this call, this feeling that I needed to do something, reach out, 
and minister to others who are going through what I was going through. And with that came Cancer Companions. And I just praise God every day for giving me that input. So I think for me, I've always been um, a little timid sometimes when you think about what it might mean to be a disciple and share God's word with others, especially in our world right now, which can be kind of combative. Letting God's love radiate from you, um, not looking down upon the weakest of these, and really helping others, lending a hand where it's possible, and hopefully that might open the door for a larger discussion about um, what motivates me to act that way, and at that point I can share God's love. My advice is simply to be intentional. Uh, look for ways where God is opening up small doors, um, push those open, walk through, and He'll open up more. And the next thing you know, um, years later, you'll find that you've been surrounded by a community of believers and that you've been a part of all the wonderful things that God is doing in our community and abroad. How thankful we are that the grace of, of God, that the joy of Jesus is ringing out in so many people's lives. And many, I could, we could have interviewed any of you, and you've got the story too. And yet, do we make mistakes? Are there days when our ringer is muted? <laughs> when we are living for ourselves and we forget whose we are and we forget who we are? Yeah, those times come, don't they? I, uh, I'm reminded of, uh, of using my uh, GPS to find addresses. And, you know, I don't have one in my car, but I have one on my phone. And uh, I look up uh, an address and put it in and... Uh, Sure enough, Google Maps comes up, and there's a voice that speaks to me, a female. I call her Sheila, okay? <laughs> Sheila talks to me and tells me, you know, turn left in 500 feet. And sure enough, you know, I, I, I normally do that, uh, go this way. But once in a while, uh, I look at, and I hear Sheila, and I say, I think I know a better way, all right? I, there's a shortcut. I'm going to avoid that, that mess of traffic. And so I start to go my way, and then I hear Sheila use a word, one word, that uh, is very annoying to me sometimes. You ever hear this? What's the word? Recalculating. Okay. And you don't hear it once, you hear it usually twice, and then finally it catches up with you and finds your new route and sends you on your way. Don't you find that that's the way God is with our efforts to reach out. Sometimes we go our own way and we fail. We get selfish. We lose track of who we are and whose we are. And yet God, by His grace, recalculates for us, puts us back on the right track, enables us to welcome the message again of Jesus so that we experience joy, genuine joy, not that the world has to offer, but genuine joy. And as a result, then, we pray that God would let that joy ring out wherever God has placed you in your life. May God help it to be so. Amen.